This is Before the Light Goes Out with Catherine Williams. Matt Dayton is a singer-songwriter in a sea of open tunings. He was the front man of band Mother Earth. He's played guitar for Paul Weller and Oasis and recently had a Sky documentary all about his music, life and the fact that more people need to hear this underrated genius. Welcome, Matt. Hello, Catherine. <laughs> so, grand. <laughs> it's a bit grand, but you know, absolutely deserved in my eyes. Oh, cheers. So, how did you sleep last night? I went to bed I, listening to a podcast. I was first reading a book about Little Feet because my memory's not doesn't seem to be that good. It's great for reading books because you forget that you've read it and you read it again, and it's like you don't have to buy many books. So, I read a bit about Lowell George. And little feet, and then I put on Jim Harold's um, Campfire. <laughs> it's like an American ghost stories podcast, and I usually fall asleep to that. Not not because it's not interesting; it's just soothing. And he does all his adverts himself. He goes, "Hello Fresh, <laughs> the USA's number one Hello Fresh. <laughs> Thanks, Hello Fresh." But he's great. Jim Sounds Harold. brilliant. So, what's the content of it? It's, it's um. Paranormal and like ghost stories, real ghost stories. I've I've sort of been on it a couple of times, so I had a few ghost stories of my own. So I, I, I pestered him, got on his podcast a while ago. Ooh. But yeah, it's just people ring in from all around the world, and they just say about things like head scratches, where there's a weird situation you can't really work out what it was about, or like weird coincidences and things like that. There's the BBC one that's called Uncanny. Yeah, yeah, um, Danny Robbins. Yeah. Oh God, and he I've did been the listening. To... Oh God, I've been... that's the recent one I've been listening to. Yeah. That he's, he's just down the road from me, or, or where I used to live in Walthamstow. He's not far from Woodford, but oh, and the Battersea. Oh, the poet guy. I and I like the music Lanterns on the Lake. Yeah. And, and, and um, he had some. This female singer that did this kind of London vocal, scary vocal for them. Well, that's Nadine who's playing the gig that we're playing tonight. Was it her singing? She sings the, yeah, the Battersea Poltergeist one. Oh. And then Lanterns on the Lake are uncanny, yeah. Oh. Oh, that's Nadine doing the singing. Yeah, so now you've got you've got a way into a hello. Oh, <laughs> I would. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I listen, I'm, I've sort of subscribed to Uncanny... Because he was talking about these other ghost haunted places and some haunted student accommodation, dorm. yeah, yeah. In, in, um, in Belfast, I think, somewhere. And, and, and I keep checking to see if he's got his latest one on, but the last one was called Bloody Hell Ken. I remember that, and that was <laughs> back to going back to the that dorms place. again, I think, yeah. But yeah, he's really good, he's, yeah. He's, he's, as a result of over Christmas, you know, we've sort of the UK doing their ghost story, traditional M.R. James, you know, with Mark Gatiss and that, doing um, the mezzotint. He did it on a BBC Two, I think. And then I thought, oh, hang about, Radio 4 do ghost stories and Jerome K. Jerome, people like that. So I tuned into that again. Mm. So that's sort of been my nighttime listening, actually. It's, yeah, Uncanny and then Jim Harold. I can't have anything scary for bedtime because, like, even midsummer murders, I'm like, Neil, <laughs> come to the toilet with me. So does it? <laughs> yeah, it does. It's it, it's really backfired. 
Because <laughs> it, I have, end up having quite vivid nightmares as a result of, you know, you kind of in and out of sleep and, and, and the podcast is on. They're saying about, oh, no, this thing came into the bedroom and was, was, was pressing me down on the bed and I was paralysed and all that. And I'm half dreaming and half hearing it. And it's going into my dreams. So it's not a really, it's not a great idea to fall asleep to, really. I shouted my head off and woke Claire up, my wife, and she she was quiet for the next day. I said, "You're right, she went, Yeah. I thought I'm in, I'm in trouble again. <laughs> Generally, daily, I'm kind of in trouble a little bit. But she said you were like something out of the Exorcist, shouting your head off, going, "Please be quiet." at four in the morning so I've got no record of it no memory of it mm. so she's sleeping in the other room at the moment because she said I'm not having that <laughs> so uh, it's just me and listening to Jim Held at the <laughs> <laughs> so where are you sleeping tonight? I'm in, in my old room as a kid at my mum and dad's they live in Essex and if I come down to play in that I stay at their house to see them and catch up with them and that because they're, they're quite sprightly couple and they're quite they have their little drink on a Friday night they, they little sort of get a lemon out and slice that up and do a little mm. and get crisps out, they're, they're a lovely couple they, they've been married for I think it's 59 years, I think it was last week so My. 63 and uh, I've never seen them argue so I, I still, they've been in that house for 40 years so I sleep in my old bedroom. If I'm not careful I end up acting like a kid again and getting a bit grumpy with them. And it's thinking, funny how you can really slip weird. into that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm 55 this year and I think <laughs> that's not right. I've told you mum I don't want toast. <laughs> it is a bit, it's a, well no, because I, I, I love me coffee in the morning after a bad night's sleep with Jim Harold's <laughs> campfire or uncanny that uh I had to do the coffee grinder in the living room so it didn't wake him up. I, I, I subtly get in trouble with my dad. He's very good with it still. He's like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, because uh, the, the, gas, the gas cooker, you've, uh, you've overburnt the uh, salmon. That's why the front door's being left open. Because <laughs> I came downstairs and I had the front door left open. I had my monkey boots were keeping the front, front door sort of cocked open. I thought, what have I done? <laughs> there was a lot of haze in the room of burnt fish. I thought, I've got in trouble. I can't believe it. They're not saying I'm in trouble. Well, that's the worst. But even like tonight after doing this gig, I've got a, I'm dropping my daughter off just down the road and then I've got to kind of be careful as I come in. It's like going back to when I was about 16, like sort of putting the key in the door. It's the same door. <laughs> it's the same key. It's a bit... I should get a hotel. But I like seeing... I, I get on well with my mum and dad, so I like seeing them. But yeah. They're like, was you up last night? I'm like, oh, no, no, just... Just, uh, I went downstairs to eat a biscuit and something. <laughs> Terrible. So where's the strangest place you've slept? Oh, God. In Swanage, in Dorset, with my first wife, Nicola, we think we had Romy. We stayed in a... It wasn't really anything peculiar, but it was just a cottage off the seafront. And I had the most vivid sort of haunted dream about one of the rooms there. It was so awful that we left the next day. I had to cut the holiday short. Because I, I, I get a bit psychic with things, but this dream was so... I don't think they liked us smoking pot in their cottage at the time. I don't smoke it anymore, but it felt... It, it was really hostile in there, I could feel it. Like, you mean the spirits of the house? Mm, def- there's something in that. I, 
I woke up in the morning and said we will have to uh, early in the morning said we we should go. It was like the middle of the night. So um, I feel we're being kicked out of here. It was not welcome. Mm-hmm. It was. I get that now and again. Yeah. I love a good ghost story, but. Did you ever stay in that Bryn Derwin in North Wales? No. Because there was a tower there and I felt like something was pulling the sheets off my bed. Oh. That's a funny one. That's quite common, people get the sheets pulled off. The, and there's a... Claire's been touched in the... In, well, oh. we live in, a, in her mum and dad's house. Oh, right, phew. Um, <laughs> we've, we've sort of lived in there now. And she was lightly held by the arm upstairs. A few weird things have happened like that. This is like a, a ghost Oh, podcast. yeah, you've, you've, you've made it into your own. <laughs> Something you would want to listen to. Oh, so can you sleep anywhere? Yeah, I, I usually can. But then I'm, then I'm quite a light sleeper, though, so I don't think I talk in me... No, well, I do talk in me sleep, so I had to go at Claire the other night I wasn't aware. But I think I usually can, but I prefer to have my own room. If there's, like, on these, like, you know, Difford's writing weeks... He's asked us to come down to one. Now, the first thing I always say is, oh, I've got my own room, but not in a divery way, but just like... Because I, I shared a room with a guy called Dominic Harrison, who's turned into this geezer called Youngblood. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't any... I'm out of touch, so I didn't know anything. I thought I recognised him on telly. And I kicked him out for snoring. I don't think he's snoring that hard, but I'm a really light sleeper, I think. That's the week we did that song together. Yeah. That was Penard yeah. House, wasn't yeah. it? yeah. Because I'd normally say no, because I'm like, I'm not great sleeping in general, really. So I'm sort of quite a light sleeper. So do you prefer sleeping alone or with someone? Well, I like sleeping with Claire. So we've been married for about 14 years, but it's a bit horrible to Claire, but she snores. But I do as well. But I'm obviously not, you know, you're asleep. I'm asleep. (laughs) I'm asleep. But she finds it funny when she said I I pull all the duvet off of her and, and I'm completely wrapped up in a duvet in a chaotic way so you don't sleep calmly everything's thrown everywhere so your legs are half out the bed it's like you've been thrown into the bed by someone we started sleeping together recently and i was sort of i'd sort of go asleep we got electric blankets which are the key mm. to a good night's sleep especially in north wales i sort of set that up and then put my podcast on then claire i've been going to bed at nine o'clock <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I really enjoy it. I used to stay up for like 48 hours in the past, and now it's like I must, I, I'm getting a bit tired, Claire. She's like, oh, all right then. I said, do you want me to blow the candles out? And, yeah, all right then. So she'll put on her TV shows or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in bed by about nine and get a long sleep. I sleep, I can sleep for ages when I am asleep. So do you you sleep through? Yeah, I've slept 20 hours without knowing about it. And recently I've been writing with Marty Pello and Grant Mitchell, the right down-to-earth people, and they took us up to Inverness to do this intense writing fortnight, which I'd never done before. And that was difficult, sleeping there, because you'd wake up in the morning knowing you'd you've got to write another song, which doesn't sound like hard work, but, you know, it is. It's, he was going, you know the Eagles? I was going, yeah, I know the Eagles. He said, well, do something like the Eagles. He, he, not, you know, he wasn't rude, so he's not rude. Yeah. Bloke, he's lovely. He was making all the breakfast and that, but I could hear his shower going off at about 10 in the morning, and I was like, I better get up, I better get up. I, I tend to have night's sleep where I wake up in the morning. When, when I wake up in the morning, I'm ready to go to bed. I was <laughs> like... <laughs> it's out of time, always. If you are sleeping with Claire, 
when you are, yeah. is it spoon, cuddle or space? If there's space, then there's, there's the slight feet, feet together. I think that's quite soothing. Yeah. Because ladies have got lovely curved feet and they're lovely curved. Claire's got lovely curved feet. They're all like polite, got a polite arch to them <laughs> and they're warm. So since, since I shouted at her at four in the morning, there is no... I'm on my own. <laughs> <laughs> There's no pillow. And it's like a super-sized bed. Because we, we, every bed I've slept in, my feet are always on the e- fall off the end. Whatever the size bed, apart from the one we got a while ago, it's, it's sort of sorted it out. Claire says, I sleep like I'm sort of doing a Superman pose. <laughs> if she comes in, she just sort of laughs at us and then goes to bed. But it's a mixture of a deep sleeper and then a light sleeper. I'm both, really. So do you write and work better in the day or the night and has that changed over the years? I used to stay up all night on substances when I got divorced from my first wife so I had the house to myself kind of thing so I was on a, not a death wish but I was sort of like, oh well I'm just going to stop as well I can stop as long as I can and I got into playing banjo and stuff and come up with some intricate things I was listening to a lot of Clive Palmer out of... Um, group called Cobb, sort of weird early folk sort of 70s thing. But I think at night, I feel... Claire's the same. She feels kind of safer at night. She feels like everyone's gone out the way and you've got the night to yourself more. It does change after midnight. There's, if I stay up after midnight, which I haven't been doing a lot recently, the guitar seems different. Something seems different. It's like, you know, they call it like the witching hour and all that sort of... There's definitely something at three in the morning that's sort of, you know, you're, you're a bit on your own at that point. Were you sort of rebelling with the rest of the world, really? Yeah, I, I stopped wearing a wristwatch because that was really freaking me out because it was meant I had to be on time <laughs> in places. I just couldn't get to grips with it. And, and I noticed that Brighton and Marty and Grant, we went to Glasgow at first in this place... And I couldn't work out why I wasn't comfortable there. And it's because there was a clock on the wall. And I'd look at it and go, oh, it's quarter to 12. We haven't got an intro yet or a verse. We went to Inverness the second week and there's no clocks on the wall. And I thought, ah, that's why we wrote better. Because there was no, no reminder of time. Clock watching, yeah. So late at night, I think... I've written in the day, but late, late at night, it's just... Um, it's late at night, it's the same focus as when it snows... And when everything's equal and, and snowed over, it's all quiet and focused, and then I can get some tune ideas. Then I put I always put a record on mm. every day. I've got the turntables in the front room. I've just got Joni Mitchell's box set of 1968 to 1971 reprise outtakes. They're just shocking. Just this woman with this guitar sounding like an orchestra. So. Quiet or noise for going to sleep? Do you like to chat? Is it music, radio, podcast, a book? I've been reading loads of books. I've read loads about Steve Marriott. And then I started reading about Sid Barrett. read through that book. And it's a combination of a book, electric blanket, and a bit of Jim Harold <laughs> or Uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, That's um, your recipe. <laughs> So, were you a good sleeper as a child? No, no, I wasn't. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, I, I used to wet the bed all the time. Me and too. I could never fat work. I worked it out recently, and they had a. <laughs> it's just very personal, but they, my dad rigged up this kind of doorbell alarm thing, so if I wet the bed, the bell would go off. 
and they would come in and change the sheets and everything. Right? Oh my god! I was about six, but it was freaked the fuck. It really did my head in because I was like, "Oh my god, the bell's gone off and I'm wet." <laughs> and it was really it I, I, that that messed my sleeping up for ages because I thought I was the only person that did it. But yeah, they had a, it was a doorbell. It went. <laughs> And I'd wake up wet and they'd come in and go, oh, you're all right, don't worry about it. Well, I remember as a young child, I'd wet the bed and there would be this, there'd be this moment of, like, oh, warm. And then, it, <laughs> yeah, and then it would just go cold and you'd have this dread of, like, oh, no, yeah. I know what I've done. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I think it com- combined with me going to start in school. Schools, I'd never understood school. I'm still trying to work out what happened. When I was there, what it was all for. Oh, well, don't do that. Yeah, my oldest is, is not made for school, and it's. No. It's just, if you're not made for school, it's just. Oh, it's hard. Yeah. It's very difficult, yeah, all these sort of timetables and things. And... Lastly, this is my last question now, and then you'll be free to roam the halls <laughs> of the Barbican for f- <laughs> looking for pizza. Uh... Can you remember? A lullaby or a book that sent you to sleep when you were a child, and um, did you pass any of that on to your children? I can't remember. I, th- I mean, my dad used to read a lot of stories. We used to get the Ladybird books, and there was one about ducks. I can't remember what it had. Something about ducks. It was brilliant, and it was my favourite sort of book to be uh, have it read. Oh. it was a Ladybird book. That's all I remember. It had ducks on the front. And I think I kept it and read it to Romy and Sonny when they were tiny. But I can't think of the name. I should I should mm. know. Not the ugly duckling. No. It might be. That it might be the ugly duckling. Swan. Yeah, it might have been that one. It was sort of had a greenish what are those, like a mallard. Yeah. Greenish sort of duck on the front. The big ladybird book for me growing up was the magic porridge pot. Do you remember that? No. Sounds great. Yeah. The magic porridge pot. Oh, and it was like there's this woman who's like, really poor and her little child and she goes to this like magic person and they say um, you can have this but you have to remember how to start and stop it oh. and it's like cook porridge pot cook and then all she has to do to stop it is say stop porridge pot stop but she can't remember that <laughs> and then the whole town fills oh. with porridge Th- that sounds familiar, familiar to me yeah, yeah. And the biggest thing that I remember about it was that the bowl had this sort of pink inside. In You know, like yeah. the certain... Little all those Ladybird books. Yeah, they you, were good. You, they're sort of really... Yeah. Really good detail. Yeah, really really good illustrations in them. They were kind of mesmerising, really, at that age. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, magic porridge pot. And the whole town ended up in porridge. That rings a bell. <laughs> yeah. Strange story. And so did you sing anything to your children? Well, look, we've got, like, the magic flute. The now. magic flute in the background. Yeah. I'm trying to think what, what they went to bed with. I don't, I, I don't think they had much music at night. Romy was quite lively as a, as, a, as a young sort of toddler, so she was sort of difficult to get to sleep. Sonny, on the other hand, is, fell asleep straight away, and I, you couldn't, didn't have to read a book with him. Really. We lived in a haunted house and they always complained about other things in the place and 
the black cat that there was a dog that jumped on a, on my back when I was in bed. I'd come back from a tour, so I was sleeping in the afternoon, and I thought it was this bulldog from down the road, and I thought it got in our back garden, and I was worried about the children, but it was nothing there. People used to visit and go, well, what was that? And they'd see his cat jump off. I didn't think it was haunted, because I thought, well, I've never read about the place. It's not been reported, so it can't be. I don't know why. I used to come back from gigs, and if it was too cold in the house, I knew there was something weird upstairs. I'd start with mum and dad. I wouldn't go in there. Mm. I, had a, I had an air raid shelter at the back, and I took Romy out in, in one summer evening, when she was about four, and she waved like definitely waved and I said oh you, you know you waved and she said the man and the lady at the, at the, at the hut Ooh, yeah you are turning my podcast into a <laughs> into Jim super <laughs> oh, well yeah. Matt thank you so much Catherine.